Now, the truth is, people change and grow. The truth is, you're not my parents or you're not my ex. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's hard sometimes to convince your heart and mind mm-hmm. that it's safe to go down there. Yeah. Hi, I'm Carrie Korn, a brand new therapist. And I'm Susan Goss, a seasoned therapist. Susan has been my mentor for years, and we love talking about therapy, faith, and relationships. So join us as we share some tangible truths with you. Welcome back to another episode of the Tangible Truths Podcast. I'm Carrie, hanging out with Susan. Hello. And Brad Franklin is joining us again today. Hey, Brad. Hey, Carrie. So glad you're back. Thank you. Good to be here, Susan. Mm -hmm. So I am super excited. Last week, we started a conversation about connection and communication. Brad and Susan are just wrapping up a uh, marriage class that they've been doing together, partnering with Tangible Truths Ministry and Fresh Roots Family Counseling. And this is something that Brad talked about at one of the classes that they had. And so if you missed last week's episode, you should definitely go back and listen to it. I'm telling you what, that was such good information. Everybody that I know that I share this with is like, oh my gosh, why didn't anybody teach me this when I was younger, right? (laughs) Right. So just a quick recap, the levels of communication, we start out at small talk. This is, you're at the line at the grocery store and you're talking to your checker about the weather, right? Mm -hmm. Level two is facts and information. This is the conversations that couples have over dinner about, hey, don't forget to pick up the dry cleaning and did you remember to pay the cable bill, right? These are the informational conversations that we're having. It's more connection than small talk, but it's still, we talked about last week, This is a, these are conversations that are in your head. Content. Content conversations, content. right? So then we drop below the line into conversations of intimacy. So the next level is when we begin to share our thoughts, opinions, and our beliefs. And Brad shared something last week about this level that I think people don't like, but it's true. This leads to conflict. When we start sharing, my opinion is different than your opinion. Mm. We're going to have conflicts about this. I'm thinking of parents raising kids together. Mm. How should we discipline? Wow. That's going to bring some conflict up, right? But it also creates more intimacy. Mm-hmm. And then even lower than that is when we begin to share our feelings and needs. And so this can be about, you know, uh, other people, how I felt when somebody did something at work that hurt my feelings. And then the most deep level that we can get to is when we are risky enough to go to someone else and say, I need to talk to you about our relationship. Mm -hmm. And that is really, really scary, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So... I love the concept of this. I feel like it's just really easy to understand, but it's really hard to kind of live below that line of those levels of intimacy that are deeper. And so I'm kind of curious from you guys, I think between the two of you, we've got like 50 years of marriage experience, um, a counseling experience in here. What keeps us from being able to go below that line? Well, just speaking from the experience we have in our office, I'm going to speak on behalf of Brad. A lot of couples, for one thing, they generally aren't curious with each other. We have to learn to be curious, to stop for a minute and be curious with each other. I know that you heard that on on the prior podcast and you've heard it 
on our podcast a lot. Mm-hmm. But I tell you, it's a game changer. Yeah. Because it always leads to a next step, whatever that next step is. There's a line that, you know, I say to you all the time about therapy. We don't know what we don't know. Yeah. So if somebody is going to approach us, has hurt us, has offended us, has done something. I mean, anger itself mm-hmm. comes from somewhere. Mm. And so if somebody lashes out at us, wow, wow, what's really going on? Yeah. You know, just that line, instead of being super defensive back and yelling back at somebody, mm-hmm. that's a game changer. Like if you were to yell at me right now mm-hmm. and I were to say back to you, wow, Carrie, what's really going on? Right. I know this isn't about us. Yeah. You know, what's really going on? In the tone I just said it, game changer. Yeah. Imagine if couples did that. And that's me being curious. Mm -hmm. So being curious is one thing. Knowing how to repair uh, in conflict, no matter what relationship you're in, but not hold on to that conflict Mm -hmm. and be a mind reader and think that we know why people do what they do or say what they say. Yeah. If we think we do, then we're going to make up a story in our head. Yeah. And then we're going to act on something that is more than likely not true. Mm-hmm. So those things, not being a mind reader. But I'm hearing you huge. say it takes some effort oh. and some work to get below this line. Totally. That probably doesn't come instinctually to a lot of us. No, it doesn't. And so like, I'm just sitting here thinking that wasn't modeled to me. Mm-mm. You know, we talk a lot about family of origin stuff. Maybe one of you can kind of explain a little bit of like how we bring our family of origin into relationships. Because I just think that's maybe a really big thing that's stopping us from dropping below that line. Carrie, you're exactly right. That's probably the number one reason. If this was not modeled to you, you don't even know below the line exists. Right. right? Mm-hmm. And so if you didn't grow up in a home where your mom and dad were doing that with each other, or weren't doing it with you, Mm. then you don't know that world exists. Yeah. And so that is, that's a major reason why people don't go below there is because they don't know it exists. Mm -hmm. So it's not that we're terrible people who don't want to have, you know, deep relationships. It's literally a lack of information. Absolutely. Right. It's that's so true. I wrote down when, when Brad was teaching that class a couple of weeks ago, I wrote down on my sheet, Family of origin, yeah, patterns, right, and all that because that's so true. Yeah, I mean, we if, just if, fall into those patterns, and unless we actually stop right. and examine those and think maybe we can do something different, mm-hmm. then we're just going to do the same thing that we've always done, right? And uh, I'm going to give credit to this who said this, but Erwin um, McManus is a pastor in LA, and he says love is more powerful than hate. Mm. And and that seems like, well, of course it is. Mm -hmm. But if you think about that from a marriage therapist point of view, isn't that powerful? And in any relationship, isn't that powerful? Right. Because love is so intentional. So when you're thinking about this and the five levels of connection and communication, love is so powerful. It's very easy. When you say that statement, love is more powerful than hate, it's so easy to be defensive. If you yell at me. And I think it's instinctual, isn't it? It's instinctual. Like we all are born with this whole, I needed to defend myself. Totally. If you yell at me, it's so instinctual to yell back. It is intentional not to. Mm -hmm. It's intentional. It's like forgiveness. 
it's it's a supernatural act to forgive mm-hmm. someone who has wronged you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's a uh, same. Love is very intentional. Yeah. So you brought up forgiveness, which makes me think of something. How do you handle it when maybe you've tried to have these deeper levels of connection before? And when you try, you get burned. You know, you risk being vulnerable, but then it's not received well. Or you share your feelings and it's dismissed. How do you how do you work towards connection in those kinds of relationships, especially when it's someone like with our spouse or with our children or with a family member that we can't separate from that person? You know, we want to work towards connection, mm-hmm. but every time we risk vulnerability, I get hurt and then I don't want to risk again. Right. Mm-hmm. So, Carrie, that's another reason why we don't go below that line is I've been there before. Mm-hmm. And I was hurt or I wasn't heard. Mm-hmm. And I just, yeah, we don't want to, to re-injure, re-experience things like that. Mm-hmm. And maybe it even, it wasn't with, with my spouse. Maybe it was with a parent or maybe it was in a previous relationship. Mm-hmm. And so there's something in me that tells me don't go down there again because we know what happens when you go down there. Yeah. Now, the truth is people change and grow. The truth is you're not my parents or you're not my ex, mm-hmm. but that's hard sometimes to convince your heart and mind mm-hmm. that it's safe to go down there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why a lot of relationships we talked last week about a, a lot of couples will say we have a good marriage because they do the facts and the information level really well. Mm-hmm. They make sure all the kids are taken care of and the house is taken care of and all of that because it's. It, it requires less risk mm-hmm. to stay there, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, so are there any other things that keep us from going below that line? I'm, I'm hearing a lot of just, we just don't know better. It requires a lot of work and effort, and maybe we're just too busy to put that work in. There's a fear of vulnerability. Yes. I'm going to teach the class, the last class. And mm-hmm. I was looking up some of Gottman's as marriage therapist. Mm-hmm. We love uh, John Gottman's yes. research. He's a marriage researcher. And can I put a plug? If yes. you are on Instagram, you should follow the Gottman's on Instagram because they give just nuggets mm-hmm. of beautiful relational wisdom that's just so quick and easy to apply right then and there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good info, Carrie. Gottman's research in their love lab. Mm-hmm. They call it a love lab. And love that night. They've interviewed and observed thousands of couples at their love right. lab. Uh-huh. Found that 96% of their couples had what they call or term harsh starts. Mm. Within three minutes, they timed it. Within yeah. three minutes, they could tell if it would be a failed relationship or not based on the start of their conversation within three minutes. And that relates to what we're talking about greatly about Mm -hmm. communication and connection, how we start a conversation or a conflict determines how we're going to finish that conversation or that connection. Right. Now, and whether or not we stay below the line or above the line, above or below the line. Exactly. The reason I bring that up is if you will listen, Mm -hmm. if you have not listened to the 
podcast with Brad Mm -hmm. that we just did. Last week. Last week. Go back and listen to it because I'm going to refer to his practical, and it was wonderful, example of he and Beth, that Mm. conversation that they had. Right. Beth approached Brad at at the dinner table Uh and said, Brad, I need to talk to you. I would like to talk to you about something. Yeah. I believe that's her kind way of approaching a potential conflict. And then she addressed it. But she brought up her own thoughts and her own feelings. That's right. I have to share some of my feelings. It wasn't pointing a finger. And said you. Yeah. Beth was vulnerable with Brad using the word I. I would like to talk to you about, which is key. Yeah. Instead of pointing the finger and blaming Brad. Yeah. And so therefore, Brad's response in kind was he was curious with that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Unpack that for me. Tell me about what you were talking right. about. And so it ended well. Yeah. Which that could have gone. So that I helps know. That's what I'm thinking. Well, I'm, I'm just curious for you, Brad, when you shared that with us, had Beth just turned to you at the dinner table and said, I am so tired of you ruining our plans. Mm-hmm. Or never right? thinking of or us. Or never thinking of us. Because that's what you're saying, a harsh start a hard to start. a conversation. How would that have been different for you had she started the conversation in one of those ways? Yeah, that had come off very differently. Uh-huh. If she come at me hard and fast like that. Yeah. But she didn't. She didn't come in hot like that. She She came in soft. And she came in slow. And, you know, one of the things when you go below this line, the thing you want to do is you want to slow down mm. and be careful with each other. Yeah. But we tend to want to do the opposite. When we, we start getting anxious about what's going to happen, we tend to want to speed up and get it over with. Mm. That's the worst thing to do. Right. Mm-hmm. You want to slow it down. Words matter. Tone matters. And you want to get it right. When, when when you're vulnerable and you're asking the other person to be vulnerable, we have to be careful with each other. Mm. And that's what she was doing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was really important what you just said about slowing down. Because when I'm just thinking, you know, for me, and I have my family of origin was very high conflict. Um, and of course, I brought that into relationship. And then my first marriage was very high conflict. So here I am in a second marriage having 40 years of high conflict. This is this is hard, y'all. It's mm-hmm. so hard. And I think for me, when conflict comes up, I feel out of control. And when I feel out of control, I want to do everything I can to get the power back and get mm-hmm. control back as quickly as I can. So I'm like, how fast can I turn this conversation to where I'm in control again? But what I'm hearing you say is we got to slow it down. Maybe sit in that feeling of being uncomfortable for a little bit. And that can be really risky and hard to do. Yeah. And one of the things that we brought up in class the other day was also paired with slow down is how we speak. Hmm. So in therapy, we call it content and process versus Mm -hmm. process. So what we're saying, of course, is content, what comes out of our mouth Mm -hmm. versus process, how we say it. Mm -hmm. So I love that blouse, Carrie, that Mm -hmm. you have on versus I love that blouse you have on, Carrie. So 
it's one not just is very it's sarcastic and everything. Oh, yeah, one is very sarcastic and it's very rude mm-hmm. and you feel very put down mm-hmm. versus one is very much a compliment. And it's lovely blouse. And yeah. you, you've been, you feel awesome. Yeah. But the words are the very same. Mm-hmm. So we have to be very mindful and intentional, mm-hmm. as I just said, love is intentional, of how we deliver the message. Mm-hmm. So again, I'm going to go back to Beth. She was very intentional. Had she made it a you message, mm-hmm. you know, you never think of us, Brad, right. all that. Yeah. He would have probably mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yelled back. So I'm going to step in for just a second and be that person who pushes back against the therapist because, you know, I know you guys love it when you're working with a client and they're like, yes, but. So I'm going to I'm going to yes, but yes, but why do I have to be the one to start off right and slow things down when the other person never takes my feelings into consideration and they always have a harsh startup? It doesn't feel fair. So life's not fair, Carrie. I've <laughs> told you that. Life's not fair. But, you know, once again, that tends to be contagious. Grace is contagious. Yeah. If I extend grace to you, suddenly you kind of want to extend grace to me. Mm-hmm. And someone's got to have the courage to be the first one to start that. Yeah. You know, one, one of my favorite scriptures I like to use in marriage, which you rarely hear applied to marriage, but I think it's perfect, is... Into Matthew chapter five, into the Sermon on the Mount. And I'm going to quote the message transliteration of this that says, Don't pat yourself on the back for loving people who are easy to love. Hmm. Any common sinner can do that. Real love is when you choose to love people who don't give you what you want or don't treat you like you want to be treated. Yeah. That's that's a hard message to receive. It's a hard message to receive. Yeah. And and I'm you know, because I'm just thinking of Where do you start if you've had, if you've not been able to have these connection points or if every time you've tried, it's gone poorly. And the truth is it starts with me. I have to be the first one to take that step. And you're right. It's hard. It is hard. But even Jesus knew that and made a point to say, hey, this is hard, but it's worth it. The risk is worth it to be the first one to love and to choose your words carefully to get curious, to put the work in, mm-hmm. even if the other person doesn't seem to be on board with that. Yeah. And, and Carolyn, let me say one more thing is I know there are people out there in marriages and, and they, they deal with this where they have a spouse who they, they just don't give them that they don't make mm-hmm. space for them, that yeah. they don't hold space for them. And, and, and realizing, you know, understanding what to do and how to love. That's a wonderful, wonderful privilege. And, and you're not being penalized for having to do the right thing when the other person doesn't. It, mm. That the, the, the penalty is is still walking in ignorance and selfishness. Mm. It, it, it is a joy. And even if that other person doesn't respond, being able to walk in light yeah. is is its own reward in its own mm. its own way. And and part of Loving that other person is choosing to walk in light, even if they don't in that moment. Mm. Carrie, can we go one more place yeah. before we end? I know we're going to run short on time. So uh, one of the things I'm going to throw out there is let's talk about reality here. And what does this look like in the real world? Because mm-hmm. the truth is most of life takes place in content. Right. Once again, we got to get the kids to school. 
We got to work our job. We got to pay the bills. And so I don't want to leave the idea that we should live in this touchy feely unicorn land all the time. Mm -hmm. And and that's reality. That's not truth is we live in content. So let me just give, and these are my observations and having worked with couples Mm -hmm. over the years of, of what this probably could look like. So I'm going to suggest a couple who spends 60% of the time above the line and 40% of the time below the line. That's a couple that's killing it. Mm -hmm. They are very intentional. They are being working very hard with this thing. Yeah. That's a dynamite couple. Yeah. Okay. These are the couples that we look at and we're like, that's the goal. Absolutely. I hope to get there in 10, 15 years. Absolutely. Okay. A 70-30 split where 70% of the time we're above the line, 30% we're below. Um, that's a really good couple. Yeah. They're, they're, they're doing what they need to do because realizing it's below that line. That's where the marriage gets fed. That's mm-hmm. where the marriage gets watered. Mm-hmm. And so they're doing really good. An 80-20 split, that's an okay couple. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're probably doing Okay. Mm -hmm. The marriage is probably struggling a little bit because they're not going below the line enough. Yeah. Anything beyond that, and you're going to start having some significant issues. Yeah. And uh, I know when I work with couples and uh, we'll do an exercise and and have them talk about and rate rate themselves. And couples who are honest are giving me figures like 95.5. Yeah. 97.3. And because let's face it, we live in a world where there's a lot going on Mm -hmm. and people are very busy. Mm -hmm. And that's just some people's realities. And, um, you know, the thing I point out to people is um, even good marriages, when they're not fed and taken care of, are going to die. Mm -hmm. Not because it was a bad marriage, but because you didn't take care of it. Yeah. And a lot of people, by the time they get in the counseling office, they're thinking, well, this marriage just shouldn't have worked anyway. Mm. I was wrong. I picked the wrong person mm. or you lied to me and you're not. A lot of times what the issue is, we've not been taking care of the marriage. Mm-hmm. That's why it's struggling and dying. Yeah. And this is the way to take care of your marriage is to go below that line. And it does. It takes courage. Mm-hmm. It takes work. Mm-hmm. It takes intentionality. Um, the other thing I think about, you know, Susan and I both, um, use a lot of EFT in our work mm-hmm. and that idea that one is a pursuer and one is a distancer. Mm-hmm. Well, depending on which one you are, uh, will um, show you what are your struggles to go below the line. Because mm. for a distancer like my wife to go below there and to speak out loud what she feels and what she needs, mm-hmm. just even to put it out there. Right. That's the hard thing. Because it's a big risk. It's a it huge was. risk. It's been, yeah. it's, it's easier to Because distancers have been taught, it's, I need to keep everything inside. That's right. Because it's safer it's there. safer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Whereas a pursuer like me, I have no problem uh-huh. telling you what I feel and what I need. Right. If anything, I, I have a hard time letting you take your turn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in the example that you gave for you to not get defensive or give logistical reasons for you to say, help me understand that. Tell me more about it. Right. That's a pursuer being risky. That's right. In a, in below that line. That's right. Yeah. And holding back. Yeah. yeah. You know, being intentional not to. Yes. Yeah. And, I, you know, as you were talking about the numbers, Brad, and how important it is to at least have that 70-30, if not, and be chasing after even greater than that. 
you know, part of me wanted to think, well, there's seasons in the marriage where those numbers change and everything. But after hearing you explain this, I'm like, this should be a priority, regardless of what else is going on. Even if you if you can't carve out an hour, maybe you're in that phase where you've got toddlers and you, the everything's chaos. You can't carve out an hour to sit down and look your spouse eye to eye and have a real deep conversation. But to find even a minute or two ways to connect throughout the day, because this feels like it's really more important than all the rest of the stuff that the world throws at us. Absolutely. And 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 you're speaking right to most people's reality, right? Of the, the easiest thing to kind of push off your plate right. is the marriage. Mm-hmm. Kids don't wait. The bill collector doesn't wait. The job doesn't wait. Yeah. So very often we do. I, I shove my my the needs of my marriage off the plate to take care of these others. But also to your point, Carrie, this doesn't have to be an hour long conversation. Mm. This can literally be seven minutes. Yeah. Um, so let me let me give you another example real quick of what that could look like in a marriage. Like um, a couple of years ago, Beth and I were at a party and um, we were talking to different groups of people. And I looked across the room and and uh, I saw her over there talking to some folks. And I just realized as I was watching her from across the room, it's like, you know, of all the people in this room, I am so glad I get to go home with you. Hmm. And so typically I might think and feel that mm-hmm. I might not say it right. Yeah. It the, mm-hmm. the moment passes. And, but you know, on the way home that night, I said that to her hmm. and that's an example of, I go below the line. Right. And I'm sharing my feelings about her that she has no way of knowing. I feel that way mm-hmm. until I say it. Mm-hmm. And so once again, that took us all of, Two minutes. Right. To have that conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just keep coming back to Susan saying, we don't know what we don't know. And a lot of times mm-hmm. I think we think that in a negative way, but it can be in those really beautiful ways oh, too. Yes. We don't know that our spouse is looking at us and admiring us unless mm-hmm. they say it out loud. That's exactly. We right. don't know that we're appreciated for that thing that we do unless we hear it. That's exactly right. So. Maybe that's one thing that we can do today is just to take that first step of mm-hmm. saying out loud those things that we appreciate about our our spouse that's or right. our kids or our best friend, whoever that person may be. And so many times we think it and we do not share it. Yeah. Right. And that automatically takes us down, mm-hmm. you know, that doorway to intimacy. It takes us below that line. Mm. It's a beautiful way to do that. Yeah, that's a great example. Well, I'm so glad we had this conversation. This is, I think, one of my favorite kind of things that I've learned from you, Brad, over this last year of uh, you being my supervisor as I'm working with couples. I have pulled this out in so many different circumstances and been like, oh, it's time to go through that doorway of intimacy here. And this is scary, but let's push through and do it anyway. So thanks for sharing it with our listeners. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Well, Susan and I will see you guys next week with another amazing conversation. And yes, we will. Thank you, Brad, for joining us. We have enjoyed having you for two episodes. I've enjoyed (laughs) being here for two episodes. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, guys, we'll see y'all next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Tangible Truth Podcast, part of the KLRC Podcast Network. 